Welcome to Never End the Story, a rewatch podcast where we watch the movies of our childhood, along with Tepper, a grown man who has never seen them before. I'm your host, Ivan. Three trench coats in a kid. I'm Jeff, and this is a JoJo reference. I'm Spencer, and I'm a level three wizard with a hermit background. And I'm Tepper, and uh, I don't have anything particularly witty today. I'm too tired. <laughs> what a dinger. This week, we'll be watching Groundhog Day, directed by Harold Ramis, released in 1993. According to Harold, most of the time when he tried to explain a scene to Bill, Murray, Murray would interrupt and ask, Just tell me, good Phil or bad Phil? Jeff brought this movie to us this week. Why? Well, this was uh, right around the time, I guess the whole period of time when some of the other collaborations Bill Murray uh, did with this director came out, like Ghostbusters, and just kind of that whole era of um, Bill Murray working with some of uh, his SNL, uh, Saturday Night Live collaborators. Like, all those movies are fantastic. Like, really, I think Bill Murray, especially for comedic actors, has had an absolutely fantastic career, except for Garfield. But I'm willing to forgive that. Yeah, that was a mistake, too, on his part. He thought he was working with the Cohen brothers. <laughs> All right. Uh, does anyone else have a personal connection to this film? Yeah, I watched this film a ton growing up. And honestly, like, I think my parents still watch it every Groundhog Day every year, which is kind of ironic because I've seen the movie Groundhog Day a lot of times, which is fitting. I've never seen it. I've known about it for a long time but i didn't really realize that it was bill murray and like harold ramus and like those kind of people like i if i had known that i'm sure i would have like watched this movie years ago yeah it, it's not quite as and i really know i have a bad tendency to spoil things but i i would say it's not quite as straightforward as some other comedies it, it is a little more of a i don't want to sound pretentious but like this movie does want you to think a little bit yeah it's pretty philosophical which i know is kind of a button on the spencer soundboard but i mean we didn't even bother getting spencer this week we just have the soundboard here buy a switch <laughs> do you know what i mean it's becoming self-aware <laughs> uh yeah we're now showing the poster to tepper for the first time Tepper, please describe it and tell us what you think the movie's about. Uh, now, like, for this movie, I'll tell you guys up front, uh, I do know, like, kind of, sort of what happens, but, like, very vaguely. Um, this one, I think I did wiki dive like, three years ago or something like that. It's been a while. Anyway, so, the poster, uh, in red at the top, uh, says Bill Murray... Smaller text underneath that, in white, uh, he's having the day of his life over and over again. And then the title of the movie is just below that, in red again, uh, Groundhog Day. There is an alarm clock, uh, an old school alarm clock, with uh, Bill Murray trapped inside, looking somewhat sadly accepting of his fate. Um, in the background is a scenic shot of uh the country countryside 
uh, in the bottom right of the poster is uh, who I'm, I'm assuming is his love interest for this movie. I don't know the actor. Can you also read out the credits? Tepper reads movie posters is my favorite ASMR channel. <laughs> I mean, if you like it that much, sure. Uh, so in much smaller text, you know how like those credit things go. It says, uh, Columbia Pictures Presents, uh, and then below that, a Trevor Albert production, or Harold Ramis film. Uh, they like to go, like, in all capitals, the actor name, and then, like, also in all capitals, but smaller font size, um, the other words. So Harold Ramis film, Bill Murray, Andy McDowell, um, Groundhog Day, Chris Elliott, uh oh that one's a bit too small to see uh George don't worry Fenton. i think i think we've exhausted everything we can from this bit <laughs> uh and then in terms of what happens um the main thing i know is that he gets trapped in living the same day over and over and over again for a long ass time he like learns several different languages does like just a whole bunch of a uh, whole bunch of stuff um and then eventually breaks the loop somehow i can't remember how i just remember he does uh and then gets the love interest i'm assuming uh, like i said it's been a while but and i mean like and part of this too is is like groundhog day is kind of entered like like it's like deja vu to an extent like it's a cultural reference you can make and people will almost immediately understand what you're talking about yeah like probably more people when you say groundhog day think of this movie than the like actual calendar event yeah Uh, it's on a number of um like i don't want to just say like lists but this movie i believe has entered you know like the i don't want to say the library of congress for sure but you know a lot of institutions have since gone back and looked at this film and been like, no, this is actually important, which is mm. pretty high accolades for a comedy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, the one you're looking for is the National Film Registry. Mm. Okay. It made it onto I just know also, yeah, I'm pretty sure that the U.S. government also in their library does accept a couple movies every year. Yeah. So not sure if Groundhog Day's on that list, but it should be. And like without spoiling too much, like it's really interesting and like cinematically relevant to like watch the phases that he goes through as a character yeah and that's that's the other thing is like i'm assuming he like he'll undergo his character transformation as the he relives the same day over and over again and it probably has something to do with him needing to accept something about himself or you know that kind of shit i've seen that in other media um where the protagonist is stuck uh, reliving something until they understand or accept or move on or, you know, that kind of deal. Which uh, anime was that? No, it's not an anime. Gundahug <laughs> Day. Fuck you guys. Not everything. I, I watch more than anime, all right? There are lots and lots of films and series I watch other than anime. Like, fuck you guys. Um, but, uh, I mean, like, no matter what, like, it's, even if it's not part of, like, the National Film Registry, it's still, like, a culturally important film that does get referenced in many different places, parodies are made, like, um, yeah, it is important. Yeah. 
I mean, that might be enough talking about it. Yeah, honestly, I'm really excited to talk about it, so uh, let's get watching and we can... Sounds good to me. All right, see you after the film. Ned! Ryerson! Needle nose Ned, Ned the head, come on, buddy, Case Western High! And we're back. So, what did everyone think? Man, I love that movie so much. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it it was a uh, pretty good movie. Like I'm, I'm not really a fan of like cringy humor or like embarrassing humor. It's difficult to explain. But so there were like a couple scenes where I, that I wasn't like super into. Uh, but overall, like the movie was very good. I see why it's considered such a you know like exceptional work of art. What uh, scenes did you think were like cringy? Because that's uh, I, not an impression Ned! I would have gotten from that movie. Uh, no, not not Ned was fine. Um, I'd have to like go back. Like I didn't write down what specific scenes, but like it wasn't like a a lot of them. There was just like a couple where I was like, eh, on. But I have like a very particular taste in comedy, so like it's more on me than it's on the movie. Yeah, a little bit of the stuff with like the cameraman being kind of like awkward, and obviously the like beta male if you know what i mean mm, yeah like i could have done without that yeah. yeah yeah he didn't add too much really at all i think he was way more valuable in the beginning of the movie where like yes. he kind of played like a middle point between phil and rita because like rita was obviously like unapologetically optimistic and phil was the opposite whereas he was a little bit more like not a bad guy and not like a pessimist or anything like that, but obviously like kind of a B B plus of a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had he had a much better role in like yeah the uh, early to early mid section of the movie, and then after that, he was like like he had like a couple good moments. He was pretty solid. It wasn't bad or anything, but yeah, like anyway, yeah. There was just like a couple moments that I wasn't like super super into, uh, but like overall it was. It was a good movie. Um, I <laughs> I would say one one thing that kind of like bugs me about this movie is, um, and, and it isn't just this movie. It's a thing with American movies in general. Is this uh, obsession with like the small town as being a place of? Um, down-to-earth wonderful people with strange traditions and then the high-minded city person comes into the country and is enlightened by their wonderful lifestyle and so on and so forth listen the country's not that great the country fucking sucks <laughs> um <laughs> sounds like you need to live one particular day in a given country town maybe like a hundred or a thousand times then you'll understand Please. the true country charm Oh. On that note, I have a question for Tepper, because right. I've looked into this and a lot of other sites and podcasts have done the math. How long do you think Phil spent in the time loop? Oh, fuck. Yeah, there was like, I read like an article about it a while back, uh, but I, I can't remember what the what the math actually came out to. 
Well, again, like, yes. just take I'll, a guess. Uh, I'll give you a minute, because, again, think about how many skills yeah, he learned. Yeah, I And think... how much knowledge he accumulated about the people in town. Because he learned how to play piano really, really well. He also learned how to speak French. He learned how to do ice sculpting. He learned about, yeah, like, basically every single person in town. Uh, I don't know, like, 20 years? Yeah, mo- most estimates are somewhere around 10, like 8 to 12. Oh, okay. So tw- 20 isn't unrealistic for you if you consider, yeah, like, to get that good at an instrument, like, knowing from experience, yeah. that takes at least a couple years. Yeah. Uh... Especially because he presumably started that relatively late. Like, he didn't start learning piano immediately. Mm. Yeah. Uh, um... Yeah, that's... Uh, the director Harold Ramis also said that the original intent was that he was going to be there for ten thousand years, but Jesus fuck. Uh, but it it's closer to ten years. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah. Like the re- reason I gave twenty is just like learning. Yeah, learning an instrument is not easy, and like learning a language is not easy either. Too. So he learned. Spanish. Admittedly, oh, I don't yeah, think yeah, he learned right, yeah, French. He learned... I think he just, like, memorized a bunch of French poetry to impress Rita. Mm, yeah, it's, that's a possibility. It could be either. Like, I feel like when he was first trying to romance Rita, he may have just memorized some words. I think by the end of it, he probably just learned French. Like, he probably realized the value of being honest. Yeah. Uh... And, like, he learned a bunch of Spanish for no reason, so there wouldn't be much reason to learn that language instead of learning French. And, like, that's definitely the impression you get from the movie is that, like, when he was trying to be a good person to impress Rita, that was not the point and didn't work. Yes. once he realized he needed to be a good person for the, like, implicit good of being a good person, that's when, like, whatever... And, like, one of the things I like about this movie is they just never try to do that 80s thing where they go, like, oh, he shouldn't have said that in front of a genie. Or, like, yeah. any of that. They just never, ever bother explaining to you at all why this is happening. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that was in early versions of the script. But I think this is actually a pretty interesting movie to read through some earlier versions of of the script and Ramis's, uh yeah, ideas. Because conceptually, this movie had some weird stuff in it in the early stages. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they didn't, like, bother explaining it because, uh, you know, like, I've mentioned it before in uh, regarding other movies, but, like, it's not the point of the movie, so there's no need to get into it. Uh, you know, it's, I always go back to that scene from Looper where, like, the two of them are sitting down at the diner and it's like, I could sit here all day explaining to you how time travel works or we could, like, get on with it. And I like to apply that in general to situations like this where yeah the mechanics of the time stop like like why the time is stopped doesn't matter what matters is the character interactions okay so i know that this is a really dark like angle to take on this but i really think this movie has a lot of very interesting things to say about suicide because when he like enters that phase of depression and he just repeatedly tries to kill himself and then it doesn't work like no one who has contemplated suicide really thinks about, like, but what happens if if you literally can't? And after after he tries so hard to escape this by ending his own life, that's when he realizes that the thing that he actually has to do is become the kind of person who doesn't 
who who would be okay with living in the situation that he um that he feels trapped in and like mm. that and um so like one of the uh, in like the director's commentary and I think Jeff might have mentioned this earlier um they said that like one of the original drafts was he it was in there 10,000 years and apparently that is a number that has some uh significance in like Buddhist spiritualism so when you take like that angle and you look at it from the Buddhist perspective of like, no, you have to accept the world the way it is and try to find a way to live within it. I think it mm. is a very profound message. Dude. So deep. So, so deep. Uh, actually though, like this movie, um, it's, it's more than like just a comedy. There's actually like a very nice emotional core to this movie. Uh, and like an earnestness to it where like uh, the, um, rather than it being like a comedy movie with like some drama elements tacked on, it feels more like a 50, 50 split, like between the two where like a character goes through like a pretty well done arc. I thought, um, yeah. And I, I found it interesting, like, like how much characterization a lot of the characters got because, it, the story is so compact to one day. Yeah. Like, you learn a lot more about c- characters than you would in pretty much any other movie. Yeah, I think it's interestingly written because of, yeah, kind of the nuance to it, where even when it's just kind of showing you the montage of him trying out different permutations of the day, um, you know, trying to trying to go on dates, like, it's interesting to just see how the character's other than Phil, are reacting to it. Like, eventually, some of them get kind of creeped out. Like, how do you know so much about me? But sometimes, again, there's that weird kind of uncanny valley where he has to either do it perfectly or he has to do it with enough little things off. But when he's in that weird middle zone between, that's when people are like, what's up with you? And, like, when he has the perfect day with Rita the first time and then he tries so hard to recreate that day and just can't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like when he like falls in the snow beside her and he's trying to like figure out exactly where it is that he needs to fall to like make her feel the same way again. And she just kind of looks at him like, what are you doing? Yeah, that was uh, that whole sequence was really good, actually, because like um, it really like drove home his like selfishness. Uh, especially to, like, him, I think, too, where, um, well, because, like, especially at the end of, like, his first perfect date with her, where she's, like, he's, like, you're making lists, like, did you call up all my friends? Like, what, like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Uh, really goes to show that, like, yeah, replaying the same date over and over again and just learning more and more about a person isn't a way to win their heart. Like, it's just you being a fake and, like, a poser. And, like, he also eventually, like, it demonstrates that he doesn't, he can't just become her perfect man. He needs to become yes. his own person. And that's what actually ends up attracting her to him, is that, like, yeah. he goes out and becomes a good person, not the person who Rita described as someone she wants. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, that's why, like, I love that whole sequence of, like, no, like, he, yeah, he's not doing a set of behaviors simply for her but like like afterwards but like realizes like no like i need to do this 
for myself because, yeah, like he, he wants to improve and not have people, you know, hate him. Uh, and yeah, like it was, it was just nice to, nice to see that like a more, um, self-reflective, uh, uh, lead in a comedy movie, uh, unlike one of our other protagonists in a previous movie. Who could it be? Who, who never took a moment to self-reflect for a moment. <laughs> so I've got just a, an interesting thought. How long do we think he did spend on, on certain phases? Like, I know it's kind of going back to a dark place in the film, but like, there's obviously the suicidal phase, but even just moving past that, like, how long do you think he was, if we kind of equate this, because it's an easy comparison to like, you know, the stages of grief. Like, how long do we think he was, like, in disbelief? Like, that lasted probably at least a couple days. And then how long, like, maybe he even, like, once he realized he needed to, yeah, like, just stop being a dick. Like, not even be the best person he can be. But when he started at least caring about other people in town, like, again, like, what? eventually he had to figure out, oh, I've got to be at this place to fix their tire and I got to be at this place at this time to catch the kid who never thanked him. And then he's got to be, you know, he's got to go to the restaurant to save the guy and he's got to try to, you know, make sure the homeless person doesn't die. So I definitely think that though, like if we're going to take the stages of grief metaphor, the like denial phase ends when he breaks the pencil, finds it again the next morning. And like, does he go see the doctors after that? Because it Uh... seems like, that's all, cause yeah, that's all like, that's all in the first like three days. Like it's explicitly stated that it's day three when he sees the doctors. Yeah. And then he talks with the guys at the bowling alley. Yeah. Yeah. He talked like, and, and they're basically the guys who point out to him like, oh, there are no consequences. And then he moves into the phase of like, oh, I'm just going to fuck around and try to yeah. enjoy myself as much as possible. Yeah. Until he realizes that that is hollow, because eventually he realizes that what he wants is Rita, and he can't get it. Yeah. Which sends him into depression. Yeah. So how many times do you think he just went on a murderous rampage to see if it would get him out? Well, he said he got shot and stabbed during his many deaths, so at least once. Just go full Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, or Purge. <laughs> I just love the day where he wakes up after, like, driving the car into the quarry, heads downstairs, and the lady starts going through her, like, good morning, how did you sleep? Would you like some toast? And he just, like, grabs the toaster and walks the fuck yeah. back upstairs. <laughs> and, like, I'll admit, I've definitely had some days where I've thought of that scene where it's like, yeah, just, you wake up and you walk downstairs and you grab the toaster and you go throw it in the bathtub. <laughs> So, uh, just, just as a side, speaking of, like, the stages of grief, haven't those been thoroughly debunked by psychology professors and, like, academia in general as being flawed? Pretty it's sure it's a little bit yes and no, where the problem is because it's psychology, and even though psychology is a science, it's still a pretty young science. So, there have been people who have argued against it but there's not really proof on either side also i believe the person who like conceived of those never meant them to be like you go through them sequentially and you like 
absolutely go through all of them. I think it was more of a like, hey, here's kind of a framework to understand yeah, this through. The, yeah. Things to look for to catch most of the things. Yeah, it was never meant to be like, oh, here's, yeah, here's my model to help people through it because eh, this happens to everyone. It's like, you might have a really good support network, so if something bad happens in your life, whether it's the death of someone you care about or not, like, it, it is just, yeah, kind of like a, here's some things you can expect to feel because those are natural, all of them are kind of natural human emotions or reactions to trauma. Have you guys ever seen the robot chicken sketch where there, uh, there's a giraffe sinking in quicksand and it's going through uh, the five yeah. stages of grief? Oh, yeah. And it finally reaches acceptance and it feels its feet touch the ground with its head just sticking out of the, the quicksand. Yeah. Figuratively and literally deep. <laughs> I'll uh, let myself out. Oh, God. Uh but uh yeah like uh, like the movie was well shot uh i like the uh like the sets are all well put together i really uh you know we spoke about this a little bit earlier but i really like how they keep visiting the same locations over and over and over again because like it helps really flesh them out and um gives the audience like a chance to become like very familiar with them which works within like the structure like the film structure uh as like spencer was saying like we get to see how the various characters react to different situations, which helps flesh them out way more than um, they would normally uh, with characters moving location to location. Yeah. It surprised me how long, how many days he went still actually going to the Groundhog Day Festival. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because he, he gave up halfway through the second time he did it, but he still kept going there. Uh, and like, I was surprised he didn't just like, it's like, well, like, I know exactly what's going to happen. Like goes to some other part of town and just like people watch just for like days and days. I really love like at the beginning of his like depressive phase where he just shows up and he goes like, this winter is never going to end. If this groundhog <laughs> keeps seeing his shadow, he has to be stopped. Like he, like it's yeah. actually <laughs> yeah, yeah. like if you were looking for a reason that this was happening, you're going like, maybe I've just got to kill this fucking rat. Like, yeah. <laughs> That was the that was the original uh, conclusion, but it was too close to Caddyshack apparently. Oh, but yeah, the, the whole sequence with the groundhog in the truck. <laughs> yeah, What's he thinking? That was so good. You, you need to check them. You're pretty good for often. a quadruped. <laughs> Corner your eye. Corner your eye. <laughs> Don't drive he angry. He got bit by the groundhog in that scene. He got bit twice. Yep. Very badly. Uh, just speak. Um. It just reminded me of what he when he took the money out of the ar armored truck. What do you think? He, like knowing that he was only gonna be in the loop. Like maybe that was one of his early loops. So he was betting on, hey, I'll make some money. But like, what do you think he 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 had one day to spend it? Well, all? we like, saw what he the heck? he bought a very fancy car and dressed up as a cowboy and went to a movie, <laughs> and presumably hired a prostitute. Like we don't ever see her. Yeah, Again. yeah, like she could have been a prostitute. She could have, she could have just been someone that he tricked, like Nancy. She could have been someone like Nancy, but then he tricked her into being a prostitute and hired her. It's like he had plenty of time. Oh yeah, it reminds me of all those times I've been tricked into being a prostitute. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. When when you got enough time. Another really interesting 
um, thing that I think to like think about in this is in his like being a good person phase when he tries to save the old man, but no matter what he does, he can't. Which yeah. again, like to get back to the like Buddhism angle of like, no, like nothing that you can do is going to save this old man. He's going to die today. Yeah, well, and, like that's the start of his realizing like he can't help this man but there might be others he can help like right he has to accept he has to accept this loss but do what else he can for for himself and and the world mm. yeah basically i don't think i've ever empathized with anyone more than like the third or fourth day when Ned shows up and he just starts talking to him and he like it's before he punches him but he just like turns and pushes him away <laughs> yeah Oh, Ned. By far my favorite character in the movie. Ryerson! <laughs> Bing again! Needle nose Ned, Ned the head. Come on, buddy. Case Western High. <laughs> dated your I dated your sister, sister until you told, told me to stop. stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I've seen that actor in, like, so many other, like, more serious roles. But I, like, I saw this movie as such a kid that I just can never... Whenever I see him, I just go, Ned! <laughs> yeah, just, ah. Uh. But yeah, like, this was obviously his co- constructed nightmare to force uh, Phil to buy insurance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First step's a doozy. Only thing that successfully got him out of there. Because he saved, he saved that kid and obviously others many times. Didn't, didn't work. Oh, man, could you imagine how many times he... Like, almost... Because, again, the the trigger for escaping seemed to be just, yeah, kind of coming to terms with himself and being a better person. But could you imagine how many times he went through kind of, like, something close to the permutation that would get him out? And he realized, like, oh my god, I saved the choking guy, I, I fixed the tire, I forgot to catch the kid. Yeah, like, <laughs> you, don't, don't you hate when you're trying to speedrun your, your Groundhog Day and you just, you just miss that one split? Just, yeah, just, ah, okay, need to start over. Time to hijack the car again. And, like, when he catches the kid, I don't know if you caught this, but as soon as he catches the kid, he starts going, what do you say? What do you say? Like, he's just trying to get that kid to say thank you. Yeah. (laughs) You have never thanked me. Yeah, there's, there are so many great, like, bits of dialogue in this movie. Yeah, I think, like, one of the things to that like is weird about it as a comedy is that there are relatively few like contrived comedic situations a lot of the humor does just come from the weird like situationalness of it yeah and that's where like i was saying earlier like it feels yeah like less like a comedy movie with drama tacked on and very much more like a 50 50 split on it Um, like i can definitely imagine if Bill Murray was not the star of this movie, it would not have been very funny at all. Yeah, a lot of other actors they were considering, uh, the director actually, because he also wrote it, thought that they were, like, too nice, where Bill Murray did seem to have the right amount of, like, when he was being a dick, you kind of got the feeling that, I don't want to say that Bill Murray is a dick, because you hear so many stories about the weird stuff he gets up to, but... Like, just that Bill Murray plays that character very well. Yeah. I love at the beginning where he goes, uh, 
She's like, do you want some coffee? And he goes like, is there any way that I could get an espresso or a, or a cappuccino? And she goes, oh, you know, um, hmm, I don't know. And he turns and goes, you don't know how to spell espresso or cappuccino. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, him being a dick is, uh, well, there was, oh, I can't remember what he said to her, but she goes, oh, I don't know if we care. Oh, de- deja vu. Yeah, like, yeah. he was like, <laughs> have you ever felt like, de- she's like, oh, I don't know if we've got that in the back. Just oh fuck yeah uh during the movie i just like the idea came to me that it to me it seems a lot like majora's mask meets seinfeld that's a really weirdly poignant comparison (laughs) thank you that's what my head thought that never would have popped into my head but that is the perfect way to describe this movie to someone who has experienced both of those pieces of media but not groundhog day yeah because, like, because it effectively, like, it is a movie about nothing happening over and over again. Well, the thing about Seinfeld is, though, especially in the last episode, is there, it really shows off that they're all kind of self-centered assholes. Where both, well, Link doesn't really become a better person, he's already a hero. But Phil slowly does become a better person when he realizes, like, hey, I can improve other people's lives. Yeah, well, but, I mean had any character in Seinfeld needed to reach that conclusion they might have but more so like you don't have to take the characters from Seinfeld for my comparison so much as like if Link was in Seinfeld but the world was resetting every day he would help people out (laughs) now that's what I would like to see Link in Seinfeld what kind of show would that be like he can only say, like, yeah, like it wouldn't be funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say, like, Kramer bursts yeah. in and goes, like, Jerry. And it looks just like, yeah. <laughs> Laugh track. Yeah. Go, cut to commercial. <laughs> but yeah, just like. Someone fund it. If just, uh, if nothing was happening in Majora's Mask, but the world was still resetting, Link would just be like, oh, I've got to help this lady cross the street. Yeah, like, trying to find more stuff to, like, really talk about, but honestly, like, it's pretty good movie. Like, there's there's not really much that I can criticize about it, other than, like, the overarching, like, small town um, worship that goes on in a lot of, like, American movies, but... So, like, here's an angle that I think is a very worthy, like, way to criticize this movie is if you look at it from the, like, as Jeff was, or someone was joking earlier, like, oh, all you needed to do this whole time was buy insurance. Um, you definitely can look at it from the perspective of the thing that actually broke him out of the cycle was being good enough to get the girl, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Mm, yeah, true. Like... Obviously, we're supposed to feel like he changed, but there's definitely, like, a reading of this movie where, ultimately, the thing that he tried to do when he was selfish, which was get Rita to love him, it turns out he just needed to get really, really good at that. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's definitely a read you can give on it. Um... And I don't think that's what they would like, like the, the author would have intended. And I think that it's also kind of, um, 
indicative of the time that the movie was made in. And that's what I was going to say, is, like, if you put this movie into the context of other comedy movies at the time, I would say this movie probably comes out better than, like, 90% of them in terms of how it treats its, like, that type of storyline. Yeah, to play devil's advocate on Spencer's point, um, the first thing I thought of when you brought that up, though, is because he spent... And let's just, yeah, say the number will stick with his 10 years in the loop. He had a lot of time to figure out whether or not he actually loved, like, Rita for who she was, or if he just loved the idea of her more as an optimist. So even though I very much agree that too many movies just kind of go like, well, the girl and the guy have to get together at the end, I think that he definitely had enough time to consider his actions and kind of realize that... He wanted to be the better person, but he also wanted to still have a chance with her. Yeah, like, I think I think when he's first going after Rita, he's not, like, he's not just trying to sleep with her. He is genuinely trying to get her to fall in love with him, but the ability to do that in a single day when the other person forgets everything is difficult. <laughs> So, like, I think he is genuinely trying to create a, re- a working relationship he, just with the very limited tools he has. And like, Well, and, like, one of the other things is if you, again, like, if you want to break the movie into, like, the phases that Bill Murray's character goes through, the day where Rita just follows him around after he convinces her that he is actually going through this, and she just, like falls asleep while he's reading her poetry and he like turns to her and says like i just like want to like like i admire like i've never met anyone who just wants to be as nice to other people as you do and i really admire that about you and like kind of says that to her while she's sleeping that really does seem to be the beginning of his genuine change as a person yeah Yeah. that was a really good sequence too like when he... like it transitions from attraction to her like physically to like admiration of her emotionally and i think like that was kind of the first day to where like when he was with her where he wasn't just like okay i'm gonna do a sequence where i say all the right things to try to get her to like uh love me and instead just yeah goes, like he wasn't like, speed running it yeah, yeah, whereas instead where instead in that day he was more like, just please for fuck's sakes, believe me. Like I just want someone to believe me, follow me, do whatever, I don't care, and they just hang out as normal people. Yeah. Like uh, yeah, like all he was looking for that day was someone to talk to. Yeah, and I, I like think, really talk to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and yeah, I think like that also was like a huge deal where like at the end of the day, not only did he get to spend the day with her and see like her in action, but like also he realized like, hey, maybe being like a shitty person, you know, isn't, isn't a great deal. Like, like, isn't, you know, a well, great thing. Yeah. Cause like that's, that's cause that day is immediately following all of his failed deaths and suicides. So that that yeah. is he's just like he's like this does not work. I like the therapist in town is worthless. I literally just need somebody to talk to. That just gave me a thought. Let's say you are stuck in the time loop. And this isn't like day 2 or 3. 
but what are some of the, I'll just say, crazy things you're going to try? You know, it obviously doesn't have to be messed up, but, like, maybe you just go rob the ice cream store. Maybe you just empty your bank account on, like, you just go to every restaurant in town. I have to admit, I've always been jealous of that meal. Where he just sits down and eats, like, like fresses a whole piece of cake into his yeah. mouth and then lights a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, food, food is pretty nice. I do think, honestly, though, like, it's unfortunate because I can't not have watched this movie as a child and, like, have, like, l- learned lessons from it. But definitely, if I was stuck in that loop, probably the thing that I would do is, like, oh, I, I get to learn skills. Yeah, the tricky part would just be finding, like, different levels of instruction. Because, yeah, yeah, for the first, like, uh, saying weeks is weird, but at least the first couple times, like, let's say you are, yeah, going to learn an instrument, you're going to, you know, make some progress in the first couple lessons. But then once you actually become competent, there's a lot less that most instructors can teach you. And even though we uh, live near a town with some universities that have music programs, you can't really just walk in and join <laughs> There's a very rigorous uh, application progress for, or process, sorry, for those. I think probably I would do something along the lines of, of what he does where he goes and he's like, yeah, so like I'd like to learn the piano. And she goes like, okay, well, I've got a student right now. Um, could you come back tomorrow? And he goes like, well, you know, I'd really like to get started. I could give you $1,000. <laughs> that was another great one. The kid just walks out afterwards. Yeah. Oh, man. And I love how long the shot of that kid lingers, because, like, you definitely could have cut it when she shoves her out the door, but, like, the kid walks down the walk and, like, turns back and looks and, like, did she, did she really just kick me the fuck out of (laughs) my piano lesson? (laughs) Especially, too, it's the middle of winter. Like, she doesn't just kind of go, like, okay, Sally, like, sorry, like, sit, uh, go sit in the next room and, like, you know, your mom will be here to pick you up in half an hour. She's just kind of, like, get out of my house. Yeah. Yeah. You what just You got to find the the rich kid in town and just get in good with him and just like play all of the greatest hits for the Sega CD and the Super Nintendo of 1993. Is that when this movie came out? Yep, 93. Holy crap. Yep. I think it's actually aged very well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it has kind like, of the only yeah. thing that stuck out to me but it was obviously done for comedic effect so it's not a negative at all is when the car exploded after he drove it off the cliff oh yeah because as we all know like even if something did ignite the uh like the gas in the in the car it hollywood really liked loves to play up his explosions but that yes. was obviously just kind of for the timed yeah comedic effect yeah of the cameraman just being he could able to be say, okay like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> boom kaboom yeah, yeah probably not like, now yeah yeah like it it's a hard movie to criticize it's very well put together um it's tepper's tops the part where we do it it's tepper now let's go <laughs> all right and here we are in tepper's tops all dun, right, dun, dun. here we go. All right. Uh, hmm. Oh, while he's deliberating, I just remembered the scene where he was just 
drinking whiskey or whatever and saying all the answers for Jeopardy and to to oh, the amazement yeah. of all the old people. Very good. And like they just ask the question and he just turns and looks at the like hotel keeper and says it and she just gets this look on her face like oh 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 my this is weirdly disconcerting. Yeah. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, a that was... very satisfying scene. Yeah, that that's like one of the strengths of the movie is like there's just a whole bunch like individual like the movie as a whole is really well put together but there's a whole bunch of individual scenes that are just like great yeah and Uh, like a lot of like the writing is really well done but then like the actors portray the characters very well too yeah Yeah, i think you could say they you can really tell that this concept wasn't rushed by the director like he really gave gave it some time to think about yeah like well kind of like the question i asked before like well what would you do if you were in a time loop because yeah eventually he does some stuff where you go like that's like how many times did he have to rewatch that episode of jeopardy to actually remember all of it like that seems like a pretty weird way to use your time i mean he's he spent six months of five hours a day just throwing cards into a hat yeah uh okay so i think i'm going to put this movie uh above eight-legged freaks below logan's run so taking the eight spot from eight-legged freaks yeah so only man only held that position for one week (laughs) i find it interesting that you think that this is a better movie than or a worse movie than logan's run because, like, don't get me wrong, I really like Logan's Run, but, yeah, like... Yeah, uh, so, like, uh, I, I enjoyed Logan's Run, like, a fair bit. So, yeah, so th- this is more, like, not, like, my, like, if I was to rate them on how good of, like, how would I say this, um... Like, films. Yes, yes, if I was to rate them based on films, I would probably put this movie, uh... Uh, I would say below Jumanji, uh, above like Karate Kid. Fifth Element would also be lower. You guys watched you you guys watched the the actual Jumanji, right? Not the not the new one. Yeah, right. yeah. we watched Jumanji. We didn't watch Jumanji too. Tepper's already seen Jumanji okay. too. Yeah, I did. Because if this if you thought that this was a worse movie than Jumanji two, I was just gonna delete my recording and and <laughs> yeah. hang up the phone. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, like, if I was to reorder this list based on, like, how good of, like, a film, you know, like, how good as a film these some of these movies are, it would be a bit different. Um, yeah, like, Groundhog Day would be way more up, Fifth Element would probably be a bit lower, Dragonheart would be lower, Logan's Run would be lower. Yeah. Uh... I'm not sure if I'd put Groundhog Day above or below Dragonheart. If I was, if that was the only change I was making to Tempers Tops, that's mm. about where I'd put it. But I'm not 100 percent sure where. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just, I just enjoyed Logan's Run a fair bit. Like, I like that, you know, style sci-fi. Despite the second, the, like the second half dragged a little bit, but like the first half was like a lot of fun. And I mean. Maybe in a week I'll reevaluate it and put it above Logan's run, but the seven eight spot is about where it's gonna stay, I think. 
Yeah. Uh, until, that's fair. Yeah. until something else comes to knock it off. Uh, yeah. That's that's my thoughts on it, at least. Yeah. That seems fair. Um, in terms of villain... So wait, first. We have to decide what the villain is? Yeah. Well, that's what we're going to be discussing next. Yeah. yeah okay. That, that's... Uh, yeah. Anyone can suggest, but it's kind of Jeopardy's choice. I think it was the alarm clock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because there's not really a true antagonist in this movie. Like, there's not, like, an opposing force. Ned! Ryerson! <laughs> I think Ned is top contender for business dad. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's clearly got business, like, locked down. And, like, that guy fucks. Hmm. So... The the villain when he yeah. when he sees an opportunity he goes for it or like what what exactly does he say he has like a particular line where he goes like whenever he sees opportunity he's like a bull or something like that it's great uh, Ned the bull <laughs> um, yeah I don't know it could be the clock it could be the groundhog it could be time I actually find it terrifying the idea because I was I was thinking just now like oh why didn't he just like turn the alarm off for the next morning but obviously he can't because even if he stays up until 6 a.m it resets to 6 a.m of the previous day and he has to do the 24 hours so no matter what he does yeah maybe the villain is the song that gets played on the radio (laughs) because eventually that would similar to you know when your phone's alarm goes off it's kind of like a i've heard people describe it as like negative asmr where it really kicks your brain into like, hey, I've got to be up because this is the sound that says you've got shit to do. So yeah. I think that song, like, that song would trigger him for the rest of his life. Honestly, I'm going to go set that as my alarm song now. Every time he hears that song, he's going to think of the existential dread he faced living that same day for 10 years. He might start thinking of positive memories, but yeah, you're right. It would definitely, definitely bring back... A whole this is a weird thing to think about, but if you think about it, you would have no idea how long you were in there. Because, like, if you think about it, try to track time for more than a, a week, two weeks, without oh, being fuck, able yeah. to record anything and without having any kind of external reference. Like, if you spend a week in a basement, you come out and you have you have no idea what time it is. So, like... He probably, like, in the range of months, he probably had an idea. But once it hit years, you would just be like, I I don't know how many times I've done this. Yeah, Yeah. like, he could, he could have exerted himself to potentially keep a decent track of that in his head. But yeah, it would have been very difficult and and likely, and likely inaccurate. Yeah. And like, when Uh, you get into the thousands of days. Yeah. Yeah, so speaking about who the villain is within like the story structure. I don't think there's really like a traditional like antagonist. Uh, Like there's not really an opposing force that's trying to stop him from doing what he's doing other than leaving the town. But like, you know, Um, the blizzard. Yeah. Truly the blizzard (laughs) is the great, great antagonist. Uh, So like, like it, like it could be time. It could be the song. Yeah, yeah, but like, like what I mean is, it's not as like, it's not. It's not clear. Cut. Yeah, no, we yeah, we, we don't yeah. we don't have we don't have an antagonist with motivation. 
Yeah, we know, like we don't have. We yeah, don't know we don't why have. time is doing this to him. Yeah. Um. Like, if if it is true that he got out because he got the girl, then time is just a wingman. Oh my god! It was the kid. <laughs> the kid who never said thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so or the old I, man I, who just wouldn't live. So I would say uh, the villain is uh, is time for this. Yeah, I think, I think that's, that's solid to put down. Yeah, I like that. But where? Where does right? Where yes. does the where inevitable does... stopping of time fall upon the list? It is pretty horrifying what it does to him. Um, well, they, we might need to specify in the future that this is the inevitable lack of passage of time versus the inevitable passage of time. Yeah. Is that a JoJo reference? Oh, for fuck's sake! The world. Oh. <laughs> Uh, How long would he be able to stop time after being stuck for for ten years? I don't want to. Like, I I had a bunch <laughs> of things coming to my head, and I'm just going to stop myself right here. <laughs> no, no, please go on, Jeff. We could talk about JoJo for like an hour, <laughs> three, whatever. Well, <laughs> maybe four. Phil wasn't an immortal vampire, so that was the whole thing where it seemed it was implied that. Jotaro could only stop time for a few seconds because it was actually hard on, like, his body. But obviously, Dio, being a vampire that can regenerate, was able to push that from, like, two seconds up to, like, ten seconds throughout the fight. But I think Phil, just being a normal human, would have the similar limits to Jotaro. That's fair. Okay, I'm ending this tangent now. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> please, keep going. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay, so where to put it? Um, I mean, like, it is pretty horrifying, like, the power that it holds over him, and, uh, like, it's a, it's a pretty good villain, like, being, like, stuck in that loop, like, we see what it does to him, like, mentally. Uh, so, you know what, I'd put it, um, above spiders, below Mr. Rooney, I think, to start with, uh. subject to change. No, knocking eight-legged freaks off all the charts. Were the villains in that the spiders, or was the villain like the the dude who irresponsibly crashed a truck full of radioactive waste? Uh, it's, it's why it's spiders on the list. Yeah, I mean, like if I was oh, okay. to choose, if I was to choose a villain other than spiders, it would probably be the asshole who bribed officials to get spiders. Like that's the, the whole invasion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, oh, no, no. Uh, oh, you. Uh, the okay. the spider the spider collector yeah people the, like him are the reason why invasive species are awful like the, the exotic pet shop owner i thought yeah. i was thinking the mayor who's the reason that their tunnels are full of of weight of uh <laughs> of waste or whatever yeah he's bad but he's not like one of the direct causes of the fact that there's giant fucking spiders running around their town i mean if he didn't agree uh, for toxic waste to be to come to his town then it wouldn't have ended up being ingested by these spiders yes there are many there are many parents to the spider spider menace yeah yeah if only phil could could have stopped them yeah um (laughs) and then for business dads uh we gotta get ned in there ned ryerson (laughs) i love to our implied ned is the best ned (laughs) god I, I fucking love Ned in this movie. He's so great. Uh, and I would say I would put Ned. Uh, He's a doozy. Uh, 
above anti-business dad, below merit business dad. Because, like, he's pretty business. He sees his old friend for the first time. Well, not friend. Person he knew once for the first time in years and tries bothers him about life insurance. High school girlfriend's brother. Yes. Is, I think, actually probably the best way to describe their relationship. Yes. Until you asked me to stop doing that. I dated your sister a few times until you asked me not to anymore. Uh, for Never End the Glory, I would love to put Ned in that as well. I was thinking the Snowball Kids. Yeah, I was... So, the three that I'm thinking of is either the kid that fell from the tree, Snowball Kids, or, uh, Ned. See, if you put Ned in, he can sell the other contender's life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's pretty much taking bets on, like, he'll just sell life insurance to as many of them as he can and then just hide. And he comes out so rich. So technically the rule of Never End the Glory is that it's supposed to be the children of the movie. With the conceit uh, that some of our arguments for children is very stretched. Listen, as soon as we added, like, Lilu, that, She's like, went two days world. old! She yeah, could, she she could kill a child. all the children with her bare hands and not That's even irrelevant! Hey... <laughs> Ask a doctor, do they define being a child as being able to kill everyone else in the room? <laughs> Pretty sure they won't. Like, she is an adult woman. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I just, I, one, I don't think she should have been She's, in that list. Because has the she the mind of a child in the body of an adult woman. Oh. I don't know. Also Personally, the, I, I never liked her. But also her, the knowledge of 10,000 years. Yeah, like, I've never liked her addition to that list, but what do I know? Um, I like but... I like that no one argues about old man. <laughs> that was oh <laughs> yeah Logan's yeah well, but, yeah yeah he's uh, he's the youngest of them all because he's the oldest of them all. It, who knows? Yeah, yeah but they like make a very explicit point in Logan's run of basically like hand waving away where all the children are. <laughs> like the movie starts with like look at this kid and then he's like we don't worry about children and he goes. Yeah, you're right. On with the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think, like, any three of those would be solid uh, yeah. additions to the list. Like, I don't think there's a good argument for Ned being a child. Like, I, w I will agree that the argument for Lilu being a child is pretty weak, but there is an argument. Yeah, I was more saying, like... The, the only reason I would want Ned on the list is just because it would be fun to fun for the scenario to have him on there. I'm pretty uh, sure he would not want to be there. I'm pretty sure he would just be selling life insurance. <laughs> uh, so I would say either Kid That Falls From Tree or um, Snowball Kids. Snowball Kids are pretty feisty. We've, yeah. We don't have much to go on with the kid who falls out of tree. <laughs> Yeah, the yeah, director actually true. told those kids to throw snowballs as hard as they could at Bill Murray. Yep. <laughs> and and uh, Bill Murray favorite. retaliated in kind. <laughs> now, on the other side of the coin, we know that kid who falls from tree is, like, pretty ruthless. Like, if someone saved his life, he'd just be like, like, sucks to be you, man. Like, maybe you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> uh... There's, there's only yeah. so far that falling out of a tree is going to get you in a battle royale. Like, you could but, kill maybe one person that way. 
However, we have established that he can climb trees. Not <laughs> super well. But and like, he doesn't say thank you. Oh my god. What Avenue if that kid escape. what if that kid was in his own time loop and he was trying to end his life? Uh, <laughs> oh, that was that was actually that reminded me of there's one scene at the bar where the bartender gives uh, him a look that it made... I thought at first that he was also stuck in the loop. Like, he seemed... Like, the look he gave to me was one of, like, him knowing more... Like, several iterations of, of his uh, attempted pickups. Uh, that's probably just the bartender who's seen some shit. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was when Bill Murray goes, like, I like to say a prayer and, like ask for world peace he just looks at him like this fucking guy <laughs> yeah I, I wouldn't i wouldn't yeah. be able to like pinpoint the scene or what the f- expression was but there was just one there of like oh is he also in on this does he know something yeah uh so i think uh god both options are pretty good how old do you think the groundhog is because we know that it bites <laughs> Oh shit, yeah, put the fucking groundhog in. That'd be amazing. Put the groundhog in smash, you cowards. (laughs) We also know the groundhog can drive. (laughs) Oh god. Yeah, it can drive. Yeah, it's true. Bill Murray. I was just gonna say animals in captivity, like typically those groundhogs that people use to try to predict spring starting live for quite a while because you know they live in like some kind of animal sanctuary so that groundhog is probably pretty old yeah but like okay how long do you think groundhogs live like i don't i think if you saw a 15 year old groundhog you'd be like that's a fucking old ass groundhog like i think an old groundhog would be like 10 years old i know nothing about groundhogs but google will tell me three to six years Oh, that's actually way shorter than I thought. Yeah, they can live up to six in the wild. So, in captivity, probably like ten. Hmm. But, like, a ten-year-old groundhog would be an old-ass groundhog. Oh, yeah, it would be like a... I mean... I It would be like 150? I guess, probably. I don't know. I don't exactly know our math for, like, dog years. I don't know how long... Like, how long is a dog supposed to live relative to a human using dog ears? Is it 100? Is it 80, 70? I don't know. So I think our current contenders are kids who throw snowballs, kid who falls from tree, and Puxatani Phil. See, he does have the benefit of being named. Yeah, you know what? I think we'll go with, with the groundhog. Oh, man. If Thumbelina can manage an alliance... <laughs> She'll ride her steed into battle. Alright. Um, that's all our tops. They have been teppered. Yeah. Any final thoughts from anyone? Um, I think we're just on to our ratings. Alright. Alright. I can't think of anything funny. So I'm going to give this movie 900 time loops out of 100. I'll give it uh, three Don't Forget Your Booties. I'll give it six meetings with Ned out of six. Uh, I'd give it six more weeks of winter. 
I'm glad you said that, because when I said mine, I realized that that's what I should have said. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, and with that, I've been Ivan. I've been Jeff. I've been Spencer. And I'm Trevor. Thank you all for listening, and you can find us all on downloadablezebras.com. And a special thanks to 8 Bit Jazz for the use of our theme song. You can find them on YouTube or follow the link in the description. Bye.